the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Kia ora. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Aaron. Um, I'm a father of four. Uh, one one's just hasn't seen the light yet. Um, I'm uh, still baking. Yep. I'm a um, so I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a farmer, a machinery guy, and a youth worker. So those are some of the things about me. I like rugby. I like long walks on the beach taken by people I don't like. Uh, no, just kidding. Um, no, it's really good to be here. A real privilege. Um, one of the bigger parts of my role in our farming um, business is growing and procuring feed for our animals. Um, it's a big part of the job, and you get into months like we're having right now, and it is vitally important. Uh, we spend six weeks from the end of September to the start of November flying around, spending hundreds of hours in machines or tractors getting paddocks ready and cultivated to grow three different crops uh, to feed out in the tough times. And um, yeah, I was ha- hoping to have a bit of a Mary Poppins moment here. I've got this, this box here and it's got a bit of a, bit of a, a, a treasure in it. And um, this, is the, this is the thing that we actually grow. Um, so, there we go. Um, so, that's the power of Mary Poppins right there. Um, I actually wondered if someone with some practical nous might be able to, maybe a builder like Elliot could maybe mount that on something so we can all see it, because we need to talk over it and look at it again, again and again and again. Did you just want to see it again? I, I did another one in case it broke. <laughs> oh, that one's not coming, is it? Oh, it's oh, it's broken. Okay, it's broken. Okay, so there's there's the other half. Okay, that's it. Yeah. Okay, I actually had to move uh, baby Jesus' manger down there um, for it to slide uh, this morning at 8 a.m. But yeah, I'm glad the first one worked. So this is a uh, this is a maize maize plant, and um, and it was picked this morning. And it'll be ready to harvest in about three weeks' time. So it was, uh, these seeds were planted on the 28th of September. And um, we plant just under 100,000 seeds per hectare. So we have about 3.8 million of these growing at the very moment. Well, actually, I pulled two out today, so it's 3,700,999,998 or something like that. Um, and what's exceptional about maize is that the taproot, which I snapped off when I pulled them out, the taproot goes as deep into the ground as the plant goes out of the ground. So you've got two and a half metres out of the ground, two and a half metres of taproot into the ground. And um, the other amazing thing is these cobs, if you, if you take all the seeds, the, the, the power of multiplication of what that one seed will produce is just phenomenal. And it all happens in 120 days. But I'll come back to the plant. Okay. This month of January, we are rolling through the book of Colossians. Uh, if you want to pull your Bibles out and be sort of pulling towards uh, Colossians 2, that'd be cool. Some of us have been here each week. Some of us have been on holiday and are just starting here today. 
Some of us know the book and the themes really well, and others know the book about as well as Novak Djokovic knew his visa declaration. Um, if, if my jokes get any worse, you can deport me. <laughs> okay. So we've had messages from Jeremy and Pastor Murray that have brought out Paul's heart for Jesus and his heart for the Colossians, the Colossian church, and a glimpse at the dynamics of what was going on in this little faith community and what was needing to be covered with them 2,000 years ago. The passage we are zoning in on today is chapter 2, and in particular verses 6 to 15. Uh, for those of you who have missed the last couple of weeks, Jeremy gave an introduction to Colossians, and he, he sort of opened up the series, and he communicated how important it is to keep true to the truth of Jesus. And without us being t- led on tangents and unhealthy beliefs, he covered the effects on the communities, on communities of faith when they don't keep the main thing the main thing. Last week, uh, Dad detailed what the writer Paul wanted the Colossian church to know about the supremacy of Christ. And that today, Jesus needs to be our vision and that he is above our all as in all and as through all and needs to be above all in our lives. And that we need to keep going. That was last week's message. So Paul's writing to this fresher, younger in faith church uh, to encourage and equip them. And perhaps when you read this, you feel like, yep, I've heard all these things before. You know, don't go astray. Keep focused. Jesus is supreme. Christ saves. He is the salvation. But I believe there's always something more we can find. There's always something more we can dig into. And there might be some things we can find afresh in the scripture. So this morning I want to draw out a few themes. And uh, I think we could give this passage some more consideration. So we're here in uh, Colossians 2, starting in 6, verse 6. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus, Lord, continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you've been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He's taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authority, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So we have, uh, we have two thoughts or themes this morning um, from this reading. And they're seen um, through the imagery of this plant that we have in front of us because pictures and parables help us understand, don't they? It's how Jesus spoke. He spoke in stories and word pictures. 
and they help us understand. The first thought for me that comes at the start of this reading, Paul encourages these new believers to continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him. And that struck something with me. It's a similar idea uh, written in chapter 1 where Paul encourages them to be established and firm. In chapter 2, it is to be rooted and built up. And this echoes another passage in Ephesians 3, 16-19 that reads, I pray that out of this glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure in the fullness of God. There's actually similar language used in that Ephesians chapter as well as in this Colossians chapter, talking about establishment, being rooted, bringing out the fullness of God in us. There's, there's some awesome parallels, and it's the same writer with the same heart. And if you've come to youth group for 10 years, you'd hear me say the same stories. <laughs> but Paul's sharing the same passions and heart that these people would be rooted and established in God and have fullness in God. What was Paul meaning for this movement of believers to be rooted and built up? Do you want to spend 20 seconds talking to the person next to you and answer what you think it might mean that Paul was asking them to be established or well-rooted or have some depth? I'll give you 30 seconds. Go. So the question, what was Paul meaning to this movement of believers? What, what did it mean to be rooted and well-established and built up? Were these Colossians traveling gypsies rolling around in a smoky Bedford selling bracelets and tie-dye t-shirts? <laughs> or was it that they needed to be carried, not carried off by fads or other spiritual forces, but needed to have some depth and wisdom and stability and clarity. I've done uh, 14 years of youth work in this town, and I reckon you can get an inkling in meeting some of these youth, those who have some stability, some family, and some roots. And you can also pick up on those without the roots and without the stability, who are there sort of trying to get a grasp of everything and everyone and wondering where they fit in and where the stability lies. You know, we live in quite a transient town and there's something to be said for those who put down roots and get established and stick at it. As believers, there's something to be said for staying the course, sticking it out, being consistent and putting down roots. But is this what Paul's talking about? Maybe. But Paul was encouraging the Colossians to put down more than just physical roots, wasn't he? Um, you know, it's, it comes off the back of him saying, So then, just as you received Christ, Jesus Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him. So I don't think Paul's saying, hey, uh, it's all about just being established where you are. He's saying it's about being established in Christ wherever you are. Putting down roots into the Savior Jesus and getting a grasp and an understanding and a connection of who Jesus is. The, the encouragement that Paul's saying is put some depth and stability 
down, gets this truth of Jesus and this hope of Jesus as the, as the, the foundation, as the life source in you. We had a, a machinery operator join us this year for the cropping season who had, um, had driven machines but had never done any crop work. And he was a really funny guy, and I explained the whole process to him, and uh, we covered the fact that, you know, sometimes when the weather's coming, we've just got to go all night to get the crop in. And he was all on board with that. And um, the last part of the process before we actually plant the maize is called power harrowing, and it's basically like an egg beater going along at 2.2 kilometres an hour, times five metres wide. So we're basically egg beating and packing the ground, moving along at 2.2 k's an hour. So you get really good at eating your lunch and um, just get really philosophical about life because, you, you know, and then, oh, I hit the fence. Um, <laughs> but anyway, at 2.2 kilometres, it's a, it's a long day. And uh, he started at 7 a.m. By 9 p.m., I brought down some diesel for the tractor and he took my vehicle back to his vehicle and I did the night shift. And uh, I opened the cab door and he says, Am I glad to see you? This is the 14 hours of my life I'll never get back. <laughs> my point being is that to put down good roots, it takes time. Okay? It takes time to put down good roots. And for days, man, those 14 hours of my life, I will never get back. Um, he just kept on going on about it. It takes time to put down good roots, to get a good seed bed, okay, to get something established, it takes time. Don't get me wrong, people at any moment and in any situation can find Christ and can commit to Christ. But to have a depth and an understanding and to be grounded and growing in Christ, it does take effort. A lot of us want the tahi without the mahi, okay, we want the one without doing the work. Thanks, Lockie, for the encouragement. <laughs> it takes time, it takes effort, it takes work. Paul is saying them, and by extension, that all Scripture is God-breathed and is relevant to us today. He's saying, put down your taproot, get searching, put in your searching, put in yourselves, put in your time, where the good nutrients are, and that is in Christ. See, we get fed by all these different things in life. We get bombarded with sensory overload of things. We get fed by friends, by different information, things we read, books we read, uh, scripture, all these different things. And it takes time to put down the healthy roots in the healthy soil. It takes effort. And this is so needed today. I have friends who are putting their stability in other things who are putting all of their time and resources into other things. They're sourcing their energy from other things. But what and where we put our roots down is so important to what happens above the ground, to what happens in the public, to what happens on the outside. This is so needed today. We all know people, and all of us probably at times, just have the the sort of the belief structure, but maybe don't put in the time or don't put in the effort. That's me included. Where we drink from and the places we reside with our time or the seedbed is vitally important. In terms of this maize crop, it's, um, it's about getting the critical mass of things right. Okay, so the fertility, the seed variety, the cultivation, the timing, the machines, the pest control, and the weather right to have a successful crop.
If we don't get it right, we lose big money. We've got no feed for our animals. It is vitally important in life that we get the critical mass of things right. And that can sound overwhelming, like, oh, I've got to get all these things right. But that's why it takes time, and that's why it takes effort, and that's why it takes focus, is we've actually got to put the right things in. Be in the right community. Be listening to the right worship. Be reading the right scripture. Uh, thinking the right things. Turning off stuff that we don't need to be watching. All these critical mass of things that sort of create the space for growth and for healthiness. I sometimes wonder if I'd see more faith and spiritual transformation in my life if I was putting more effort into my seedbed. More time into feeding the roots down into Jesus. The last year or so I've felt it's just been a random sort of time of things on again and off again and youth group on again and off again, you know, all these changes with life and business and all that. And I've felt like I've maybe been one of those plants on the edge that the harvester missed, you know, and it's just sort of like wilting in the sun, like, 2020, 2021, 2022. You know, like, I don't know if you can relate, but I feel like I got missed out, you know, like the harvest has been, I'm just that dry one, just sort of slowly dying, waiting for a a rogue animal to come and eat me. Um, I don't know where you're at. Maybe you feel like you never germinated. Maybe you feel like you didn't get off the ground or you didn't grow a cob or you didn't, you didn't ever get, get anywhere or nothing's really happened yet. There's been no fruit yet. Or maybe you feel like you've you done your dash and, um, oh, I'll let someone else be awesome, you know. But God's in the business of actually growing all of us all the time. And uh, there's seasons too. So there's seasons where we, we bear fruit, we create cobs. Sometimes we feel withered. Sometimes we get, bang, a new growth. We have a new thing. And that's what God does. And you look through Scripture, He uses people who are wreck to do amazing things. And other people who are awesome sometimes peter out to nothing. But God's in the business of growing us, okay? Maybe you don't feel hugely built up, or maybe you don't feel hugely rooted in Christ, or, or dry, or, or fruitless, or cobless. But we are called to be Christ and to have Christ in us. Colossians chapter 1 talks about bearing fruit or having things that change and lift and support or grow because of our efforts. When we are planted well and tapped into the truth of Christ, we can be built up in Christ. And this is where the second theme comes in. Just like my maize plant here, if the plant, if the foundations are right, then the fullness or the growth and the purpose and destiny can come. See, we can get planted and established in Christ, but there's a few more parts for it, for the fullness to come. And we can be planted and be growing and get all those critical mass of things right, get all the, all the good stuff happening in our lives, but still not really have that exponential value or create things in our life or serve or use our giftings or be of purpose or all those things. That can still happen. We can be planted in good things, but great things may be not happening from our perspective, but God still loves us, all right? And, and what I wonder is if sometimes we don't recognize that there's a fullness to come. There's more to come. There's things that we're made for, not just pursuing our own growth. There's things that we are to outlet and transmit. We're meant to cob up and be of some value. Being rooted in Christ is exceptional but there is a bit more okay Paul gives a double barrel and he says we need to be rooted and built up 
See, the God of all creation doesn't just want mere followers or stalks blowing in the wind. Okay? He wants to write a story with your and my life. He wants to write stories of hope and change and transformation. Jesus says, you'll go on to do greater things than me. And he's talking to the church, which is us today. See, the God of all creation doesn't just want followers. He wants to write a story with our lives and bring us to fullness, okay? which is what this chapter 2 talks about. Colossians 2 talks about because Christ is fully divine, we can live in that fullness and that he can sanctify and make us new. That's what the whole sanctification, you were once of this group, the uncircumcised, you can be circumcised, you can be a part of the new purified, sanctified, new crew. Just as you were buried with Christ, you can be raised again with Christ. See, God wants to do a, a bigger story and he wants to change us and make us worthy and bring about value in us and value to the world around us. He wants to give us a purpose. There is time in our lives where this fullness comes and we have to be in the right place and in the right mindset. So without banging on too much more about crops, um, <laughs> and there's probably others who could give you better agronomy lessons, but um, there's two crucial more things that are needed after the plant is out of the ground, okay? The first one is when the maize is about a metre high. This is generally in November. Uh, we, we get the right moment to get these guys in. They've got skinny little tyres and they drive along between the rows without crushing the rows and they side dress or drop inject fertiliser in the rows beside the maize plant. And this is vitally important. You've got to get it in at the right time because the efficacy of the original fert that you put in in September is running out. Okay? So you need to have an injection of something um, that's a bit controversial at the moment. <laughs> you need to have some fertility that hits, that hits in at the right moment for the crop, okay? So the, the next crucial part of the maze is getting this skinny tire GPS tractor to put the nitrogen in for when we are waning, okay? For when we are losing the juice, when we're running out of steam. It gives this vital kick of growth and fuel for a growing plant when the original fertiliser is running out of puff. And this is why church community and kids work and youth work and young adult ministry and new Christian small groups are so important because we need to have fuel for the fire. We need to have fert for the growth. We need to have people to come into our rows and give encouragement. And I quite like this picture that it's sort of like alongside the road. And so you've got thousands of plant and the, the fert's going duh, 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 in the rows in between. And there's not this takeover. It's not like you're spraying them or smashing them. You're coming alongside. Do you pick up what I'm putting down? Is that we actually need for growth to continue for us to hit that next stage. We're needing people to be in our rows. We're needing people to be in our rows. We're needing people to be in our lives, in our lane, in our life lane. Not just Sundays, not just a... Thursday night or whatever, it needs to be in a, on a constant basis, and that's why community is so important, the right kind of community. Are you being that person for someone who's needing the growth mode? Are you being the, the juice that's encouraging someone else alongside in their road? Or are you needing to put yourself in places where others could come and help build you up? Are you... Are you needing to have someone be 
in your life and you need to invite that person into your life or you need to put yourself in the places that that happens. Are you being that person for someone or do you need that someone in your life to come alongside you to, to build upon where the good roots started? Because there's no grow if you're a no-show. Okay? We need people. We need people around us. Romans 1, I think it was uh, verse 11, says uh, we should mutually encourage each other in our faith. Mutually, we're both benefiting from it. So that, that talks of sometimes getting on, on similar levels with people. Sometimes someone might be new to things and we're older in the faith, but they can teach us stuff, right? So it's, it's about a mutual beneficial thing. Hey, I just wanted to esteem Malcolm. He's someone who I assume is collecting the, the gold card, um, you know, superannuation, who's later in his life, but he is still being in the rows of people. People who have just come out of prison, uh, people who are down on their luck, people who are um, kind of the non-fit. And I know, Trixie, you're a part of that too with the meals and the lunches and the dinners and all that sort of thing. But I just wanted to esteem you guys that perhaps you guys are hitting the top of your cobs right now, you know? And, and what you're offering, what you're... <laughs> Malcolm feels like he's done this. But what you guys are doing and, and loving and coming along inside in rows of, of people who are just in that, maybe the juice is running out, they got out of prison, the oomph has gone out, the prison ministry's gone, and that's just awesome what you're doing. So I just wanted to um, esteem you for that, Malcolm. We need these people alongside us. The other vital thing for maize growth is, if possible, we need to get the right rain at the right time. Okay? Um, which Cyclone Cody's just headed that way, and we're like, cool, man, thanks heaps, you know? It would be great if you'd come on over. But you need the rain at the right moment. Again, this may bore you, but with maize, there's this thing called the mid-silk date, which is halfway through the crops growing, these all come out. They're called tassels. Aren't they lovely? Tassels. You could put them on your dress. <laughs> they go all silky. They go all silky. And they come out, and that's when the pollination happens, and the maize plant kind of pollinates itself. There's some cool stuff go on. And the silks go out, and that means you have a good cob. Now, the cob which is what you recognise as corn, represents 70% of the food value in the plant. The plant is just sort of a bit of, bit of a wheat bix on the side of the main event. Okay? Uh, but 70% of the feed value is in the cob. If you get a good mid-silk date and you have good tasseling, you get a good cob. If you get a good cob, you get a good plant. Okay? So the cob is vital. But if you get rain in the five days, either side of your mid-silk date, you get a good crop. Okay? So I know my mid-silk dates, and I'm looking to the heavens. Okay, I'm like, come on, because I want a good crop. And we actually got a little bit of moisture at the mid-silk date of this crop here, which is why we've got two cobs, things are growing, things are performing. Just to like that in our life, there is moments in time where we are vulnerable. This mid-silk date is actually the most vulnerable point of time for the plant. It means make or break for the plant. There's times where we are needing to have the right rain, the right refreshment, the right things in our lives. What do you think I'm talking about? 
So I think we can be rooted in Christ. We can have all that faith from years gone by. We can have some good growth going. But there sometimes needs to be a critical moment where we put ourselves in the right place for God's Spirit to reign and build something afresh in us. Okay? And spiritual fruit or the cob to come out, we need to be in the right place at times. And we don't know when that's going to be. But what that means is we have to show up and be a part of things and put ourselves out there and be in places where God's Spirit can move because He can move in us. He can hit us at the right mid-silk date and we can be of something that offers spiritual blessing and spiritual growth to others. So here's a challenge. When was the last time you put yourself in a place for spiritual encounter with Jesus? Or was there a conference? Was there a camp? Was there a night church? Was there something? Was there a morning service? Was Was there times where you put yourself in the right places to receive the washing, freshing rain of Jesus to be a boost to your dry bones? I think we need to see the power of God in our lives for that to happen. And so this scripture, chapter 2 of Colossians, talks about us having the fullness of Christ. To have this absolute fullness is when we've had some injection, some investment, some time of spiritual connection. And this is why I've been involved in helping with Easter camp out at Narrows Park for so many years. Because the encounter with Jesus in your life is as pivotal as all the good upbringing all the good roots, all the good schooling, all the nights, all the nappies, everything that's gone into it, equally if not more important, is that encounter with the person of Jesus Christ in your life. Not your parents' one, your own one. And that's why Easter camp and these different ministries are so important. And all of you play a part in this church in giving, praying, bringing things, dropping things, cleaning things. And it's, it's, it's crucial Here's the challenge. Are you putting yourself in places where you can enable the mid-silk date to happen for other people, the spiritual stuff to happen for other people, and help build other people's lives? For me, worship is something that's a a big part. So I get, at times, a lot of machinery time in the year, and I listen to worship. I've got a sunroof. I can just pop that sunroof. Um, No, no kidding. Um, Too much dust. But... um, there's, there's worship songs, there's amazing stuff that can feed your spirit. But to be honest, the main thing I experience of spiritual encounter or transformation is when I'm serving. Okay, Serving and growing is where I find fullness in Christ. Because it's kind of one and the same thing. And serving saves me from myself. I'm naturally probably a, a kind of an ambitious sort of person. And I think if I didn't serve, I would be, well, Amy probably thinks I'm all about myself, but um, <laughs> I'd probably be heaps that way. And yet God's doing a work and it saves you from yourself because you hear the stories, you see the truth, you see the things that are going on in this life, and it humbles you and it makes you recognize the need for God's spirit in our lives. We're not here to judge, but just to learn from, we all know people who have been planted well, they've put down their roots in the past, they've been, you know, they've got into the right source of life, but as time's gone on, there's been no outlet or no harvest, and and maybe the purpose sort of runs out, and they sort of just exist in the fullness. They sort of exist without the fullness, I should say. You know, some of us, 
want the values and the principles and the eternal assurance, but our lifestyles would say that that is not the main thing in our lives. So we kind of want the blessings of the king without getting the service and the fullness of the kingdom. And that can be such a dangerous trap in our society. Purpose is such a powerful thing, and being in the right place brings about fullness and fruit. Uh, my grandma died in the lockdown in, um, in, in August, and she was someone of full of life. Um, and uh, on the 16th of December, we finally got a chance to do a memorial service for her. And um, one of my little lines in my speech was, uh, Grandma was never more alive. I think I said before that I said, while others maybe take an easier uh, chart in their later years, Grandma was never more alive than when she was running a meal, serving someone, picking someone up, or bringing hope to others. That's when she was alive, okay? And you have to ask the question, what makes you alive? What brings out your life and your fullness and your purpose? This scripture talks about we can have fullness in Christ, okay? It says we can be alive in Christ. Grandma was alive in Christ when she was bearing fruit, when she was planted in Christ, when she held good company, when she received and walked in the Spirit, and that's when she bore fruit in her life. Romans 8, 9 and 10, this is a bit, bit hard out, but scary. It, it speaks of the fact that we can have Christ, but if we don't have like the Spirit of Christ, it's like we don't have Christ. Okay, So it's one and the same. We need to have God's Spirit and all of that happening in our lives. It's not just this removed belief structure. Okay, A removed belief structure doesn't bear a cob, doesn't put the tassels out, doesn't hit the moment, doesn't give to others. We can have that opportunity to let God into our life and let Jesus be the center. Jesus, I'm just wrapping up here. Jesus came to make us alive. Maybe you feel like you're half alive or half awake. Maybe you feel like you're going through the motions. But we can all bear fruit and we can all be alive if we get the roots right. If we get the community right to bring up the growth. And if we stretch ourselves at the times where God needs to come in, refresh us so that we can bring about our purpose and our calling that he has for us. The end of the scripture says we can be alive, we can be full, and we can be forgiven in Christ. I mean, come on, what more do you need? God, we thank you for um, this chapter of Colossians, and we thank you that there's things that we can glean, you know, 2,000 years later from words that were written for a people, but we know that's true for us today. God, we thank you that we can put down roots in you, and that God, we were made for you, we were made for heaven. And that the whole point of our existence is to know you. God, we pray a real blessing over each and every person in this room this morning that they would have a grasp of, of how significant it is that Jesus be the lead. That we come alive and have fullness by putting ourselves in the right place and sowing deep and putting in the time. God, you're God of all and you, you matter more than anything else in this life. And we pray that start of 2022, we just have um, a, a fresh season. There'd be a new rain, a new, a new zest, and that there'd be fruit that would make us uh, find purpose in you, and that there'd be spiritual awakening in you, and that the fruit that comes from our lives would be a blessing to others. 
and that that in itself would uh, save us from ourselves. I pray that we'd be able to bless others and find you in the mix of serving and in the mix of putting down roots and finding your truth. We pray a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.